0: Think about your dream right now, once you think about it, here's what I know, that dream that you're holding in your mind, that it's
1: possible.
2: It's not over until
3: I win.
2: welcome to the dynasty dream sequence this evening uh we are joined by underachieving dog dog what's going on hey guys. uh living the dream right now with trying to not cough my lungs off you just keep drinking that tea buddy make sure there's a little honey in that thing yeah, you'll be all right and i mean this is basically a commissioner it's it's really the commissioner of the the subreddits you know they're here they're they're here and they're large which obviously means that sticky z's here too sticky has it going
3: hey man yeah very large and uh some people may call us moderators some people may call us commissioners either way we get our respect um which is so true but uh how are you doing tonight buddy miss you it's been a while
2: i know it's been weird um it's good, man. holiday season's over. It looks like we would actually get back into this thing a little bit. We're actually into the best part of the dynasty season.
3: You Dude, know? It's the best part, for sure. Hands down, the best part. I, I don't even like the season. This is where it's at, man. Draft prospects. Uh, oh, Playoff football. It's all good right now.
0: All, all the yelling and arguing over prospects.
3: Oh, yeah. It's the best.
0: This is the actual season. The regular season in the NFL can piss off but this is this is it's the sick. real
3: dynasty
0: season i think
2: yeah it's this is what giraffes. dynasty oh drafts are
0: this coming up
3: giraffes, man.
2: <laughs> it's uh oh, it's like a shot to your veins it's so, it's so exciting
3: good. it's the <sighs> best
2: the feeling went you know, it's touch that time. oh it's so good so today we're gonna reenact that a little bit actually um nice the whole draft idea. We figured what we would do, we've been seeing a lot of stuff on the sub about the 2018 class, but we thought it'd be interesting to add a little twist onto it um, and actually draft a combined draft between um, like the 2017 and 2018 classes to just see what, what we kind of come up with. You know, this gives you an idea of what the 2017 players might be worth for and like rookie drafts um, potentially. And and it should give you some interesting context for that. And then we'll we'll basically go from there and look at um, some questions that have been asked by. Uh, I think Matt, it's your home league, right? Some guys had some questions there. Yeah, I reached out to them and see if they had anything interesting they were curious about, and they popped in a few questions for us. So we've got some questions from those guys. Plus, there were some people who on the subreddit. It looks like Czar, the sarcastic one. Friend of the pod was interested in us discussing the wide receiver class, which seems to be a popular topic. Uh, Kamaki was interested in us talking about uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, from Wisconsin. He was a freshman last year. He had a pretty productive season, especially for a freshman. Go ahead. Okay. And uh, sorry, thought I heard somebody preparing their lungs for verbal communication. Um, and then from there, Kill Tech did hop in and ask us a little, ask us um, sort of facetiously about Lamar Jackson. I, maybe not facetiously. That's probably not the right word. Um, but certainly, you know, in, in, a, in a tone that, that lends to joking. Um, but it seems like Lamar Jackson's a really interesting uh, prospect that a lot of people are curious about. And especially with the success um, of other young quarterbacks in the NFL this last season and the hype surrounding them and the popularity of two quarterback leagues, it's certainly something to talk about. So it's an exciting podcast, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm amped, uh, ready to draft a little bit. So, Siki, do you want to go in, into – because we kind of we figured we'd hash this out of the pot a little bit and have what give you guys some context on what this um, – what this actually looks like, what this draft is going to – I guess how how we're going to go about it, what what we're thinking about when we're drafting. Um, So do we want to think of this as one super class and say all these guys are in the same draft?
3: I don't know. I think – I I mean, that sounds really good, and I just feel like that's a little hard to do because you can't see a name like Kamara, like Alan Kamara, and just be like, oh, well, you know, what did I think about him then? I think that's really hard, but I think we should try our best and – and uh, try to do that because otherwise you just kind of all the big names. I don't know. I think at the same time, I feel like if you just if we just do everybody at this, you know, the same level like right now, that would kind of give us like a trade order if you want to trade some of these guys around to see what somebody's worth. So I'm down for that. Whatever, you, whatever you Matt, what do you think, man?
0: Yeah, I think if we go off like actual current value, yeah, it'll be more useful. Because you've seen so many posts on the subs where it's like, hey, can I what, – what draft pick can I get for player X or yeah. player Y? And most of the time they're asking about, like, Corey Davis, Alvin Kamara, all those guys. So I think trying to, like, narrow down where those guys we think they rank mm-hmm. compared to this current class that's coming out is going to be the
2: most useful of them. So without getting too confusing, what I'd, I'd, like, what I'd like to do initially – um, is just get everybody's, we're, we're going to do an actual draft order for you guys. And I think what that's going to look like is it's going to be, um, me, then dog, then sticky. And then obviously we're going to go normal draft order. So then me dog sticky, and we'll go through like that. So I'll have the first pick and the fourth pick. Matt will have the, or dog will have the second pick and the fifth pick sticky third and sixth, et cetera, et cetera. Cause obviously sticky won the league. Um, because obviously he's the real MVP. <laughs> obviously,
3: um, uh, the other I, thing we like, know who you're picking. So, yeah, do you well, even have to go? <laughs> uh,
2: fact. Um, and the other thing that I'd like to do quickly, and I think it's important because it's imp- uh, it's just my bias um, that I want to identify. And I think everybody on the sub kind of knew that. If you remember me, it was S Woodman Rocks. You now I'm under a different screen name um, because I'm a very f- important fucking idiot. Um, but by and large. I think it's important that we all talk about our 101 between the two classes, because if we don't do that, it's just it's just going to be stupid. Um, so we'll all do 101, and then I'll take I'll sort of go last and start our draft off. So, um, dog, why don't you? Oh, we're gonna okay scoring. That's a good point. Um, how do you guys want? to, Let's just do standard scoring on this. We're not going to do two quarterback. We're not going to do point per carry. Um, you we're do keep it to just do PPR, yeah, PPR
3: score. half PPR ish type thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, just um, PPR league. So we will go from there. And so Sticky, why don't you start us off with your one-on-one between the 2017 and 2018 classes?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really tough. Um, to be honest, I, I want to go Berkeley, but I also I, I'm not sure. So uh, I think I'm gonna go with Lenny. Um, I, I guess again, I, I believe he was the one on one. I really, really like that style of running back. He, I mean, I know his ankles are kind of bad, um, but but his just that power that he brings. He's going to get fed the ball. I mean, he's pretty much the goal line back. um He's going to be on the team for a while. I mean, it's a pretty good team. I mean, they, I mean, give or take, you know. I mean, they are in the uh you know in the, uh, the AFC championship game right now, so. It's kind of a big deal. So I'm going with Lenny. Um, I like Barkley a lot. Obviously, everyone does. But I'm going to take a lot of these guys over Barkley. I just – you, you kind of know who they are and uh, you don't have to worry about really too much changing with them in a short amount of time. Uh, combine's C- combines coming up, all that stuff. Draft, you know, can change things. So I'm going to stick with Lenny for uh, my 101.
2: All right. Interesting pick. I think it's a it's a solid pick for sure. It's That's a tough call. It's is a really tough call. Um, underachieving dog doggy doggy dog what are you thinking what's your one-on-one man I was really hoping I could come out
0: here and like play it (laughs) off as being a spicy pick but I'm in the same boat I think Fournette's there's just with Fournette you know where he's at Mm -hmm. you know what team he's on he's in a situation where they've got Blake Bortles currently and he saw success with that And you're looking at a team that could possibly bring in Alex Smith, could possibly bring in a rookie quarterback that might be better than Bortles, or even just stick with Bortles. So you know that in the current situation, Fournette produces, despite the ankle injury, despite questions at QB. And that's a situation that realistically is probably going to get better sooner rather than later. Um, Well, with Barkley, he could get Browns, which I know a lot of people don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But if the Browns go really dumb and like don't do the rumored Alex Alex Smith trade and do bring in somebody like Darnold or Josh Allen and throw them directly into the fire and then take Barkley at number four, I have questions of whether or not Barkley can produce in a system like that when you don't have like a dependable quarterback like Fournette has. It's not to say like I think Barkley's bad. I just I know what I'm getting with Fournette, and I think that interchangeable they're going to be interchangeable through the rest of their careers more than likely.
2: And again, I think that's those are all fair points um, for sure, for sure. I'm I'll be the contrarian view, I guess, uh, which is, probably isn't contrarian. It's it's really an interesting thing. I've actually debated sending um, Fournette for the 101, um, and as like we did a secret Santa. Right, Our league did a Secret Santa because we all love each other so so much. And actually, it wasn't just the league because, you know, the Dream League is, is actually coming to more of a – it's it's much more widespread, actually. Neither of the guys in the chat right now, not to rub it in, um, are in the league, but they were both in the Secret Santa. And my Secret Santa got me pictures of Saquon Barkley and Makers 46, which was replaced with a 26 um, thanks to our editor and sometimes podcast get, guest, uh, Brett so when we when we actually so from where i'm coming from um i'm gonna go barkley that's he's just my guy uh no real surprise i don't think from anybody who's ever read anything that i've written or listened to the podcast um i'm heavily invested if if saquon barkley doesn't do well um i'm probably going to check myself into a residential institute because it could drive me to very serious levels of depression um i just see a significantly better athletic profile um significant that's not quite right um it's a different athletic profile right like So Saquon's going to have far more agility than Leonard Fournette has. And I think Leonard Fournette actually has agility that a lot of people don't think he actually has. Um, Never really had any injury history for Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that he runs with a decent amount of power. Um, the, The real issue does come with him running between the tackles. And we'll see if that emerges with a little bit more coaching. Uh, he he looks for the big play a little too often, which is concerning. But if he is two hundred and thirty plus pounds, runs what he ran at Penn State for this forty yard dash, or is even close to that. Because keep in mind, he broke a four four, like he was below a four um, four. You know, and and never mind the power, the actual power lifting and things like that. Regardless, um, I think he's just a more well-rounded back. The Browns don't worry me as a landing spot. I think that their offense could suddenly become very competitive if you just get the right quarterback in there. Because really, when you think about it, you've got Njoku at tight end. um, You've got a relatively solid O-line who was dinged up at the end of the season. Obviously, they have lost Joe Thomas. You've got Gordon on the outside. Coleman on the other outside. Uh, if uh, the, my major concern is obvious. Man, we lost him. We lost him. As you down. Woodman oh. down. Woodman down. My bad. Um, yeah, so huge. <laughs> damn it. Um,
3: Did you mute yourself?
2: I, I must have. I must have clicked it when I was. Go on go, on, go on, go on, go oh. on. Regardless, I don't like Hugh Jackson as a coach, especially for fantasy purposes. Um, and if he was smart, he'd move Duke Johnson to the slot and and kind of let that exist. And you'd have a ridiculous offense. Um, and I think a lot of what we saw this year was these. I think the Browns got it was so strange how much they screwed up in the, in the red zone this year. Um, some of that was play calling. Some of it was obviously terrible decision making by Kaiser. So so. I don't know. I I think it's an interesting situation. If they pull in a different quarterback, I think, I think Barkley ends up being a significantly better um, fantasy prospect than, than we, I think a lot of people are anticipating he would be on the Browns. Um, Adam, go stick.
3: Yeah. um, I know. Like I liked where you're coming from. And like Matt said, yeah, yeah, most people seem to not think the Browns is a good spot, but honestly, it's probably, you really break it down. Just like Seth did. I mean, it's one of the best spots and, and, they have a decent line. Um, they have a lot of cap space. They are a young offense. Um, like you said, move Duke Johnson. Crowell's a free agent. Like it's There's so many things that make it a good spot for, for a running back. Um, and their defense is, is I think, actually really good and can be really good. So that helps a little bit with the running, running game when you're ahead all the time and good field position and stuff like that. So I, I, like, I don't mind the Brown spot. I mean, it's not my favorite. And, like, that's – we don't really have that question. I'm sure we'll talk about it ad nauseum. But uh, – I don't mind it. I think it's probably one of the top ones for me, at least. I def, I definitely
0: don't think the uh, mock or not, sorry, the mock, the uh, spot in Cleveland is necessarily the worst in and of itself. I think it's more just like it really depends on what happens at quarterback. Like if they bring in a rookie and they sit that rookie behind Kaiser and Kaiser just keeps sucking it up, but they keep the rookie behind Kaiser and actually let them develop if they need to, like if it's a Darnold or a Josh Allen. Great spot, but if they just Kaiser or Josh Allen or Darnold, I don't know how well that's going to work since Barkley, his main struggle is between the tackles running, which is what you generally need to do to open up the passing game for a struggling quarterback is have a solid running game that can push it down a defense's throat, which is kind of what Fournette does in Jacksonville, but I don't think it's an awful spot. It's just like that, to me, would be a deciding factor between the two.
3: Yeah, I mean, they definitely run the ball a lot. I mean, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what would happen with the quarterback spot. But I mean, I guess Crowell had almost 400 rushes. Oh, I'm sorry, almost 200 rushes uh, there, which is a decent amount. I mean, he almost had 1,000 yards, that kind of thing. So I think it could be really just fine. Uh, anyway, isn't it your pick, Matt? It is,
0: and I think we can all guess where I'm going since – the guy that I wouldn't take 101 is gone, and the guy that I would take 101 is still there. So we've been over it a couple times now in Leonard Fournette. I just think he's in a great position. I think he's a hell of a running back with some insane physical gifts. Um, yeah, the ankle injuries are kind of worrisome, but ultimately I think those kind of get shaken out over time, so I wouldn't be too concerned about it moving forward, especially if they get a— better quarterback or a real quarterback depending on how much you hate Blake Bortles in Jacksonville to open that up for him which I think brings us to Sticky's pick at 103 now
3: yeah uh mine's super easy uh I liked um like I said I like Fournette before so that's good for you Matt um I'm okay with uh taking Avan Kamara Kamara here um even with even with uh in PPR no PPC he's I mean he looks so good and it's not just kind of like one of those things where it's like a bad rookie that Happened to get a good situation, got a lot of volume, and looks good. Um, You know, I was kind of a hater in the offseason, but Kamara looks so fantastic on the field. Uh, He looks slippery. He's, like, impossible to stop. Gets the ball a ton. Um, I believe Drew Brees wants to stay. So I think that'll be like that for at least another year. So, yeah, I mean, uh, even with Ingram, I mean, can you – I mean, like, how many times has there been two running backs that have been this good? I mean, I feel like it's very few. And just the volume that could go up if you know Ingram's not there in the future or, you know, anything happens, but Kamar's the lead guy, I mean, that would be just an uptick in volume, which is is insane. And um, I think he's going to be up there, the top scoring running backs next year, and that's just going to keep him going up the list. And that's who I'd be taking here pretty easily over any of the rookies because, you know, I like Geist, but uh, I, I just, just, I'd just i rather have Kamar, hands down, 10-10. Um, it's not even close. Um ah same here
2: i think that's a good pick and and for me this is a challenge and and this is totally this is like the anti-dynasty dynasty dynasty draft i'd like to point that out here because with the fourth pick in the draft i think i'd go dalvin cook um that might be hot takey but I, i don't know that it is um cook looked incredible when he was on the field he fit that offense so well he's basically everything you would want he is Latavius Murray combined with like just significantly better. I guess what I'm saying is he's everything that Murray does well and everything that McKinnon does well stuffed into one back. Um, and you've seen how productive those two have been and how productive he was prior to, prior to the injury. Um, it just looked really, really good. It was obvious that his combine testing did not hold up at all to his actual gameplay. Um, so I think Cook is my pick here at four. And that leads us to Matt.
0: Yeah, personally, I don't think that's really hot takey. That's I, that's who I was hoping I'd get here, but I figured he might go before five. Um, now I'm kind of in that like, we've got the meh running backs from this class except CMC is pretty good. I'm just not a huge fan. Um, and then we've got all the 2018 guys, but I think here I, God, I reach and I go Juju. Um, nice. it's just that that history of Steelers wide receivers that they just constantly, like, it's a machine. They draft a wide receiver, he's good, and then he continues to be good. And then eventually he goes somewhere else like Mike Wallace and doesn't do quite as well, but ends up coming back to it. Hopefully, with Juju, we either get a seamless transition from Roethlisberger to somebody else, or Ben just stays around for a while. I'm one of the people that would really like to see uh, Cousins move over to pittsburgh even though it's fairly unlikely but you never know what happens with teams like that but yeah juju's juju's probably my guy at five but i'm also a big juju believer so i just his talent's crazy he's like 17 years so old cool. in nfl years um and yeah his, his twitter his game is just was totally unraveled by anyone else yeah. so he gets extra points for that
3: oh okay. man that's a great pick
0: it's a
2: sticky
3: yeah, man. Juju. I was looking at the list, and I'm like, oh, man. Actually, I would take Juju here um, just because, yeah. I mean, you said it all, and super young. I mean, I think when his contract's up, it will be 24 or, like, just turn 25, which is insane because some of these guys coming in this year are almost that age right now. Um, so definitely something to keep track of. And he he's just going to be good. like
0: Larry Fitzgerald, where he's just going to be in the league for years and years, and people are going to be like, oh, he's going to be retiring soon. And they look, and he's like 33. It's like, oh. Wait, he's been in the league for how
3: many years now? Yeah, exactly. Um, so my pick, I don't. This is kind of we're getting in the weeds here. I think it's kind of tough. I, there might be like a couple obvious ones, um, but I think I'm actually gonna take Corey Davis here. Um, obviously, uh, I like mixing I like McCaffrey, but uh, I'm gonna take the wide receiver um, here just because I think he's shown a lot in the last couple weeks of the season what he can be and you know as that offense progresses and a new like a new offense comes in uh as a new offense comes in it could change you know how they play the game they may not run as much even though when you have two backs like Murray and Henry you definitely want to but I think Corey Davis can be a wide receiver one for that team and and, uh I think that's that's an easy pick for me here that's
2: absurdly aggravating (laughs) sniped again um welcome to how i felt with cook man. seriously uh on Damn. an emotional level this is ta- this is really hard to me um it, to me this is a coin toss between chubb and i've always called him juice but um how do you actually pronounce his name guys i think it's guys really <laughs> 10 out of 10 i will juice uh i think that guys is the guy to go with here and and just from maybe not so much from this year, but I don't know that you could expect the same production from LSU with coaching change and with the other issues that they had as a team. Um, I think that's, it's difficult to be like, Oh, we expect him to be the same, you know, this year to last year or this year to the year before. And uh, you know, I think he is, he's talented, um, an extremely fast player. He runs ridiculously hard. And I think he's a, a better shot at a three-down back than a guy like Chubb, though I think Chubb might be a better one-two back, uh, first and second-down back. I think I think that Geist does offer you more um, in the running and passing game as a more complete back, so I think I'd take that over taking. Um, and I think that he's obviously a better runner than McCaffrey. Sorry, Steve. Uh, though I love McCaffrey. I think he played really well this year but he almost played better as a slot receiver than he did as a, did as a running back. Um, so that was mildly concerning. Uh, though it's, it was interesting to see how the Panthers use him. Um, now that we have Norv Turner, I have no idea what's going to happen. I just don't even want to think about it right now. It's just sad. It makes me sad, sad and McFrowny pants. So that leads us into Matt.
0: We're going to do a best friend entering this season in Kareem Hunt here at 108. Um, I'm kind of surprised he fell this far. Uh, But I also honestly kind of – my brain farted just for a minute about it. Just, like, forgot about him at my last pick. I still would take Juju over him, but I'm kind of surprised he lasted this long. Um, I don't know. It's just something about Kansas City running backs. Like, they just – they're always good. Like, whatever running back is the starting guy in Kansas City – is just pretty much always good. Well, welcome to having Andy Reid as your head coach. Hopefully having a successful Pat Mahomes, who's more of a gunslinger and less of a uh, wannabe gunslinger, like Alex Smith was, who, to his credit, played very well, had a very good season, Um, definitely got away from his check-downing ways, but I still think that uh, Pat is going to be a lot better than him, which will help open things up for Kareem. And really help him thrive, and it just makes it makes that 2017 running back class look even better and better. When I'm looking here at the 108 and the 109 and 110, and Cream Hunt, uh, Christian McCaffrey is up still. <clears throat> Joe Mixon is still up. Um, not a huge fan of him, but just how many freaking guys we can get out of that class before we even touch on the third guy out of 2018 is kind of nuts to me.
3: Yeah, I mean these guys are really expensive in startups. Like, uh, are you guys have trying Think you may want to avoid them, or kind of like steer into it. You don't really have a choice. I mean, these guys are really, really expensive. Um, just because I have don't know. Really it's, good.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Like some of these guys are going way higher than rookies normally do, even just after a single year. And like Barkley, I've seen Barkley go in the top ten. Didn't he go like number two or number three? And one of. Uh, Crazy Ryan's leagues, Um, yeah. It's just it's it's been nuts, like how high these guys are going. I can't say if I'd want to like buy or sell, but it's
3: yeah. Definitely different. Just give you an example. um, This is the ADP. I don't know. I think it's probably December or January. Oh yes, January. So Dalvin Cook is snuggled, softly caressed in between Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. Just to give you like some sort of context on where like the craziness is at. Yeah. And he's the fourth lowest of these of these guys, so <laughs> it's insane. Nestled between what was it like?
0: Keenan ended up being like a top three or four yeah. wide receiver in PPR this year, right? And Mark
3: Cooper was like a first rounder. Like people taking him like top five last year, so
0: yeah. But now he yeah, now he looks like dog shit for whatever. Uh, it whatever,
3: it. I think people. Or overreacting. Like it's definitely do. an
0: overreaction.
3: Like if you drop him a super, like a, that's, a ton. Yeah, that's the one you yeah. steer right into. You take the take the yeah. train right down to Murray Cooper Town. Like, hey, give me your Coopers cheap. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you're, there may be yep. yep. I mean, like people yep. like you, like you're not going to fall for that shit, but people, other people, are going to be like, "Dude, Cooper sucked. You got to get rid of him." Yeah, and you, you can
2: do it. Public services for service announcement: If if a guy gets. If a guy's as good as Amari Cooper was coming out and, and just struggles with drops, just don't, don't drop his ADP 10 spots, please. Just don't, just don't think about it. Not don't just do it.
3: Stupid. Don't even, don't even take the word drop out of your fantasy vocabulary. They're totally useless. They don't mean anything.
0: They, and if you, if you get a guy like that, that you're concerned about, like go to that teams, like subreddit or like newspaper or something and see what people are saying about like the overall offense. Cause cooper's issue yeah he dropped but i think one of the bigger issues he had was car rider down here which is partially due to their oc basically being like this pile of dicks and balls and dog poop they kind of formed into a human being and like sat on the sideline and pretended he called plays um at least that's what i've heard from raiders fans so that's – if you see a guy that drops that much, maybe go check and see if it's something other than him. Don't just be like, oh, his stats are bad. He
3: must be awful. <laughs> you know that uh, John Gruden is going to get it to his playmakers. <laughs> Spider 2 wide this banana kid, here. This kid, Koopa, we got to get it to him. He's a playmaker.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Did you guys see that meme of of him and the uh, the owner of the of the ring <laughs> yeah, with the same good. haircut? Oh, god damn. That was fantastic.
3: It was like, you were the guy she told you to worry about or whatever. One yeah. of those. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um,
2: so, Sticky, this is your pick. I think right here, Hunt just went at 108. So, who do you have at 109?
3: Man, I mean, I don't want to be down so far down in the 2018 class, but like, besides the fact that we have to wait a year, no, yeah. Okay, now we're talking about like six months, seven months to see these guys more, but we're talking college film, we're talking landing spot, combine, all this people looking at them and stuff like that. Uh, and just the time lost, and it's kind of scary sometimes um, looking at these guys. So I think the 2017 class is just going to continue to be picked. But uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see how these guys slot in, uh, when they do slot in. But, uh, yeah, with that, I'll definitely take um, – this is actually tough, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I really thought about taking Mixon, um, and I'm sure he will get picked soon. I think his situation is going to improve you know, a shit ton – between now and next year, and going forward in his career, and he's a really good running back. Um, and he just had you know whatever the thirty first worst offensive line and offense I had no idea what it was doing. Yeah, Bill Lazor came back, but uh, I, I think that it's it's a better offense than got credit. But I'm gonna go with McCaffrey. I think beyond the fact of you know he's can't run between the tackles, I think he's fine between the tackles. Um, but he's a great PPR asset, and he's just gonna get used more and in, in different ways and out wide and stuff like that. So um, I'm taking just a really good talent and, and a nice name.
2: Just as a heads up for, for everybody curious, I did just trade in a point-per-carry league Joe Mixon for Derrick Henry. Um, if you want to know my feelings about... I guess that says more about how I feel about Derrick Henry than Joe Mixon, really. Um, he's not involved in this conversation, but i need to do include Bay for a second for talking about giant running backs who do great things. So that leaves me at pick 10, and I'm going to bring the dynasty you know, the brand back and go Calvin Ridley here. Um, I think that he fell probably a little too far. Um, He is hashtag old, um, but he is also hashtag good. Uh, And I think that he's the best wide receiver in this class. Um, I like Sutton a lot more than most. um, But I think Ridley per Alabama, like Alabama had an absurd number of really good running backs with a quarterback that ran for like a hundred yards a game too, right? You have basically, you're running four running backs and I'll just say they had a, they had a quarterback, Alabama had a quarterback. <laughs> no, no, that's just run a four running back option. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they did. He just came in halfway through the, um, title game. So, <laughs> oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think they finally figured out, Oh shit, we need to have a quarterback to run an offense. <laughs> Um, and then you got to see a little bit of what Ridley can do. So I think Ridley gets knocked for production, um, you know, market share and all that bullshit. And, you know, you, the fact that you see him, what he does and what he can do. Um, I think Kelvin Ridley is a great option to go with, uh, here at spot 10. And that leads us to Matt.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my pick if you bit the and bullet, but instead I am going to take Nick Chubb university of georgia i think he's good um honestly him and sony michael it kind of is going to depend on what happens at the combine and where each player goes they might flip flop for me come the actual draft time post nfl draft um both of those suits just looked nuts in the playoff for georgia um but personally i just i like my big running backs i like running backs that can Push over people and run up the middle And that, I think that's more Nick Chubb than it is Sony Michael um, So that's going to be my guy here And uh, that takes us off To Bleep Sticky here At 12
3: Yeah and just to Touch on the rookie, rookies again Like none of these guys just jump out at, at you Right now I mean they combine to some separation But I mean Calvin Ridley I like his game But he's six one 190 pounds uh, So I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't see a, a wide receiver one out of Calvin Ridley, and a couple of these guys just seem sort of really, really good answer players, answer really, whatever, how you pronounce that word. Uh, that just are going to be slot guys, they're going to be deep play guys. And I think there are some names that are going to be true wide receiver ones, um, but I don't, I think they're, it's going to be taking a couple shots there. And, and that's actually my pick, um, surprisingly, uh, even though I kind of poo pooed them a little bit. I'm actually going to take Auden Tate here. Um, out of FSU, I really, really think that he can be a true wide receiver one in this league. He has the size. He looks crazy fast for his size, um, and he just punishes punishes cornerbacks. He has pretty good ball skills up in the air. I mean, they're not amazing, but I think they can get better uh, up in the air, going for those layups and stuff like that. uh, Fades, and you know, if those still get used, uh, and not a great route runner. Uh, and I think that is going to be a big knock on him coming into the process. And he's definitely more of a a ceiling play, an upside play. He has very little floor, and he could be DGB, but he could also be a true I zero one. So that's my pick, um, Seth. This feels
2: um Better um, <laughs> do it. Um, do it. Do it. Seriously, I guess this is totally off brand. I don't like it at all. Um, I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan when he came out. I don't like drafting dudes who punch women. Um, but I'll go Joe Mixon, just because. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Like I'll <laughs> draft Mixon, and that leads us to
0: Matt. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to talk about Mixon for a second. You're, you're not going to fanboy over him or anything.
2: I mean, it literally just sold him for Derrick Henry. I mean, it, it's, I love Derrick Henry. <laughs> I mean, which is,
0: I like Derrick Henry,
2: <laughs> which really isn't
0: fair. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Is- is really good. Um, I, I don't think Joe Mixon's very good. So I I think the general consensus of the people currently in this, uh, this podcast is that you get the better side of that deal. But uh, we all know that Mixon has his fanboys out there. And obviously he looked good coming out of college or he didn't look bad. Um, and then he just landed in the worst possible situation for a running back that – or any offensive player for that matter – I don't want to talk I could about, ever it. dude, too. you shut, no, don't yeah. talk, don't,
3: don't bring up his name. But I, don't bring up his name. I think it's, it's going don't up, no. you know, I think it's going up. I think the the trajectory is, can only go one way at this point and um, it's up because I don't think it could possibly get worse. Um, and I, I think they had some, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they lost a pro bowl guard and a pro bowl tackle. Um, just one fell swoop, lost two really strong guys on the line and. I think um, a little money spent, a little drafting, and I think they'll be better than they were. I don't, I'm not saying Mixon's going to be a top guy next year, but I think going yeah. forward in the future, he, he does seem like a three down back from what you know the little work that he got. Um, he was really good on the pass, and that's I mean what's what he showed in college, and more or less to deal with the off the field stuff. I mean, um, I don't want to wax, but uh, you know it was, a, it was a long time ago, and other people going to draft him. So sometimes you just gotta. You know, I'm not going to root for him on Sundays if I don't have to, right. uh, but and he has, he, he puts, could always draft him at trade. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's the thing. Like his value yeah. is good here. So, so I'm cool with it.
2: Um, and he's the pick. He's the obvious pick. Let's, let's be honest here. Um, I would have taken him over Auden Tate. And I probably would have taken him over Nick Chubb. I thought it was close with Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, there's, there's probably somebody who in my heart of hearts, um, you know, I'm a huge James Washington fan, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be an idiot. Like, Let's, let's be honest here. Um, the mark, a lot of the times you just have to go, you know, there are players who you love, who you have to stick your neck out for. Um, but the fact is, is that Kelvin Ridley is probably going at like 103, 104. James Washington is probably going between 107 and 109. Uh, depending on what he runs at the combine, he could end up pulling a fricking, um, you know, Malachi Dupree level drop on us. Um, you know, I'm not even going to mention the other name. (sighs) isaiah ford um so matt that leads us to your pick so matt who are you going here with the um second pick in the second round
0: with the 202 i guess i take my other georgia running back in sony michael i mean there's a lot of good guys still out there just not a whole lot of guys i like the mix of potential and physical capability that they bring quite like sony michael um or michelle or however the hell you pronounce his last name um that dude is just quick. Like, he, he – you you watch Saquon Barkley highlights of, like, all the big runs he makes and everything like that. You could take that cut, put a Georgia Sony jersey over it, and I wouldn't be surprised it was him other than the fact he looks a little bit bigger around the shoulders. Barf. But it's just like that dude can bust out a run like crazy. I mean, did you did you watch the college football playoff? I watched set? some. I mean, that the dude's fast, is, but I, I don't
2: think, like – I don't think uh, yeah whatever there are rockets
0: strapped to the back of that man's jersey at any given time uh, but I don't know he's my guy here I just like his upside yeah, more than anyone else's I think
3: like. he looks really good his he's guy. from the you know watching the live games and uh, <clears throat> I don't know <laughs> uh, he looks fast and he looks hard to you know get a hand on and he looks pretty good um I, I was, he could go real well, higher than people were expecting I think you could fall in love with him and it's all about big time games you know when you're beating alabama oklahoma texas tech of of uh utah uh 76 to zero it, that i don't care if you have 300 rushing yards you know it's when you're in the playing the second the next best team possible or maybe not depending on you know what conference they came from but uh <laughs> playing one of the best other best teams in college and you still put on a show i think that's that's huge um so i like the yeah. pick i like the pick no i, I definitely i think I that's pick.
0: I think him and Chubb are going to kind of come down. Like, I, like I said earlier with Chubb, I think they're going to be interchangeable. It's just going to depend on who has the better combine, and if if Sony goes somewhere like Alvin Kamara did, where I don't know where, just off the top of my head, would be really good for that type of running back. Like, I'm not sure off the top of my head, so I'm not going to try and name anything on my ass here. But like, he could go really high if people get that Kamara mindset to him, where he's like, okay, similar like. Not necessarily a three-down-back type guy, but he's in the system where he can get used really well, and I don't know. It's going to be weird. A lot's going to change between now and the actual draft. So
2: That's fair. Good pick. And uh, so this one goes to Sticky. This is 203. Sticky, who do you have at 203?
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to hop back over to 2017 class. Um, And I actually am stuck between a couple guys here, Um, just looking at that class. Uh, But I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. And I know that's not going to get a lot of love because there are probably better wide receivers. I mean, actually, it's guaranteed there are better wide receivers in the 2018 class. Or there probably will be. Um, but I just think what he did last year and how that offense looks in the little, it's going to change. Uh, I think he's a really good PPR asset. Um, you know, if we're doing like uh, – this is the third pick, so if I was – you know, had the real 203 and I earned it, I probably want one of these wide receivers just because they have way more upside and, and pretty much any of them that are left um, of the top guys are going to be good. But I just think Cup can really produce for for a team next year um, pretty easily. So I think that leads us to Seth.
2: That is correct. Um, and I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton here. I think he's a no-brainer. Um, there's some mild um, going back and forth between between him and in Ronald Jones and Mike Williams. Um, but I think... And and I think there there's a real argument to be made between him and Mike Williams, um, but I like what I saw from Sutton. Uh, you know, he regressed some this year. I think I, I'm a I'm curious what his explosive drills look like. Um, I'm a little less I, if he runs under a four or five or if he runs under a four six but his explosion drills are great, then I'm, I'm fine with him. Um, if he runs over, which I don't think he will, like, I'll, I think he'll run a four or five something. Um, you know, I'll be super happy if, if his little broad jump and, and, um, high jump, like, uh, the, the vertical, um, and those things test well, I'll, I'll be really happy because I think that's, I think he's going to be more in line, um, with like, with that type of jump ball player. Um, he's got some after the catch ability. Uh, and I think that he's, he's just one of those guys who, who probably should have declared last year. Um, uh, he definitely hurt his draft stock by not coming out a year ago. He was on a super hype train last year. Um, and then there was like a transfer from LSU, right? Who ripped it up.
3: Yeah, I don't know. where That guy came from
2: um, so he came from like a, I think it was LSU, um, but this kid just ripped it up this year for them. Um, and and that's you know, for those of you who are into market share, that's it's tough. But I think Sutton does offer some physical traits, but we don't know if he's going to end up being um, you know more of a uh, a solid jump ball guy, um, or if he's going to end up being another Malachi Dupree. You know, he could be, he could be like a slightly slower version of Josh Docton or he could end up being, you know, again, like like I just said, like a Malachi Dupree, who looked good on tape, who could, who could do some stuff with jump balls, um, just tall, long, um, and then just ends up going basically in the sixth round and is now floating, like couldn't get snaps on the bills. Like, so uh, here we go uh, on to, yeah, it's taking a while on a mat.
0: Uh, With this pick, I'm kind of torn between two guys, but I'm going to go what I think might be the safer route just based off of where he was drafted last year and where the other guy favored could be drafted this year. Um, I'm going to take Mike Williams here. Even if Rivers... Time in L.A. now is going to be short-lived into the future. And you still have guys like Terrell Williams who could be re-signed, and you've got the monster of a wide receiver, Keenan Allen, there. Um, I still like Mike Williams. I still like the projection he has out as a player. I still think he could be really good. Um, even if he does end up being kind of like just a, a jump ball only type guy, we've seen guys that were like that or projected out like that come out and end up being more than that after a while. Um, I think it's just going to kind of depend what happens in the next few years with him. Kind of like, not necessarily like Treadwell, because I think Mike Williams is much better than Treadwell. Um, but his situation will kind of be dependent in a
2: way like Laquan's was. All right. And that brings us to Sticky. Sticky, who are you taking here at 206?
3: Yeah, man. Um, I like the pick, Mike Williams. It's a good one. That's somebody I was thinking about. Uh, but I'm going to go with James Washington. I mean, we said it. You said his name before. I really liked him coming into this year. I don't love that he was more of the same where he was just sort of like a deep guy, but when he went deep, I mean, he was open a lot, um, and he's basically the only reason Josh Allen is like a thing. So I'm going to go with James Washington. I think that's kind of an easy pick. I mean, even if he's just a burner kind of guy, I mean, those guys score points, and um, there's been a lot of guys before him who got that tag and have done really well. Um, so that's an easy one for me.
2: Um,
3: I'm sure I just sniped up. Yeah, again.
2: that was definitely, uh, this is actually really interesting because I had an internal like conflict and I think that I might get some hate or maybe I'll give some people some faith here. Um, but I'm definitely going if, if, cause what I, what my thought process was, was that I love James Washington, incredible deep threat, really productive. I'm going to go John Ross. Um, you know, and, and God, it sucks. John Ross. Ooh. Who? Who? Mike Jones. Um, yeah, going John Ross here. I uh, think he is just so talented um, and just never got a chance. Uh, as, as has been alluded to with Nixon, the Bengals should get better. Um, you know, I'm sure I can catch some flack here for not, you know, taking Ronald Jones or taking. Kirk, or there are a bunch of other guys who I would totally understand, but you can't teach the speed that Ross has, and, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is If, if we're here, i got to go John Ross. Matt, who are you going with? You just said
0: his name, so I'm going to go Ronald Jones. I actually realized that I didn't play directly against this guy in high school, but when I was a senior in high school, I believe we played his high school. Um, he would have been a junior. Um so that's kind of cool. Just neat. Uh, I really like him as a player. I think he's going to be good. Um, I could see him being like a midish round pick guy that ends up somewhere and whole opens up <clears throat> as like a starter. And he kind of just like shoves his way up into it.
3: Um,
2: but I just li- I like him as a player. That's a, that's a good assessment. Sticky,
1: on
3: to you. Yeah. I like the other on he, I think he's just going to be a good running back um, in the NFL. Um, not too flashy, but just a good guy. Anyway, um, this one's super easy for me, and I'm super glad that I'm the one who gets to take this guy. But uh, I'm going to take Aquamius Tristan Imhotep J. St. Brown. Um, I'm pretty sure how you have to say his name every single time. Um, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. I mean, I don't really know what kind of production we're expecting um, when you look at his stats, but if you watch him on tape, can straight up ball um he's six five two hundred and three pounds so if he gets a little thicker um if you know how i like him uh then he will be just fine that's my pick seth you're up uh i think
2: this dude was hidden just amongst the other because there's no way he should have lasted this yeah thing. that's what I was yeah, gonna he's think. he was just hidden um i think evan engram is the next pick here and i honestly would have taken him over sutton had i known it at 204 had I, had I thought about it and seen it this is one of those like we're going off of two draft lists that are separate um, but it, it, maybe that was close uh, between Sutton and engram but Ingram looks so good this year um obviously they didn't really use he was <laughs> he wasn't really used as a tight end let's be honest here he was like a slot receiver um, was using the slot a ton but that's awesome like happy to see it happy to see that they're gonna use a player's strengths. Um, rather than try to make a player fit where he doesn't fit. Um, so I'm going to go Ingram here and that brings us to Matt.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, I think here I'm going to kind of bite on the hype and go with, uh, DJ Moore. I've haven't watched a whole lot of his tape, but what I have, he looked good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know a whole bunch about him, but I've, the what I've watched has looked better to me than what I've seen from pretty much all the other guys I see going down this list here. Um, I think he could live up to some of the hype that he's getting, especially if he goes to the right system. Uh,
3: yeah, so just to finish it out, this would be two twelve. Um, this would be the last pick if we had a two round draft. That was you know last last year's guys, this year's guys. Um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Christian Kirk, uh, Texas A&M. Um, he, you know, I, I hate saying, oh, he reminds me of a line injury, so he's a PPR guy, but dude's a technician, um, and he kind of down here statistically, but so sort of the whole team, and, and I think he could be very good uh, in the NFL as sort of a slot PPR, you know, quick guy, um, and he has some long speed too, so, you know, I think when you get down here, I mean, it could be anybody, so it's, it's kind of my pick, and I don't know if you guys wanted to, but I'd love to throw out, like, not just want a name, and not saying anything um, else, I guess. Just a guy who wasn't drafted here from the 2018 class that we liked. Um, so somebody else I was really thinking about uh, was Anthony Miller from Memphis. Um, that guy is real good, real good size, good route running. Um, dude is physical at the catch point. Uh, he definitely had disappeared sometimes, and it's Memphis. And, you know, the competition is not great. Um, I'm a UCF fan, and they played us twice, and he, he tore us up um, in the uh, championship game. So uh, that's my guy. Uh, Matt, who you got? Rashad Penny, definitely.
0: Um, He obviously didn't go here. And if we're, like, talking about an actual 2018 draft, none of these 2017 guys in there, if I have any second-round picks that are going to be, like, mid to late, I'm throwing them at this guy. Um, I'm kind of oddly a San Diego State Homer, not really. I've got family that goes there, and my favorite basketball player went there, so it's kind of a weird thing. Um, Hopefully, if he's there, which depending on how the NFL views him, he might last a little bit longer, In the actual NFL draft might not. If he does last to that mid-second round, I'm grabbing him everywhere I can. If not, all of my other tank teams are going to be happy, because I don't like a whole lot of that back-end first, early second group that we have in this year. So they're going to be grabbing him too. So what I'm basically saying is I'm throwing everything at Rashad Penny.
2: And you should too,
0: because that dude's really fucking
2: good. Um, for me, if if we're just we're, – we're doing 2018, right, Stick? That's what you want? Like like player yeah. who went undrafted here, that's, that's really nice in 2018. Um, to me, I mean, guys who have been – Probably you've heard their name. Uh, Akram Wadley is really nice. Um, a really impressive back. I, I don't think a lot of people are giving him credit for what he can do as a three-down runner. Um, I think he's a great pick. Uh, the other guy who is sort of um, really, really impressive there as well, who kind of reminds me of Wadley, is he's, he's more of a straight-line guy, I think, and that's Mark Walton out of uh, University of Miami. Um, Walton's also very good. Um, from what I saw, he had some injury issues this last year. Um, but still, I mean, had some friggin' killer games, um, looked impressive. And then my pet players, Justin Jackson out of Northwest. Um, he will probably be the guy who I'm looking at in the third round. Um, depending on what his combine looks like, I, re- I really enjoyed his tape. And I think he looked, he's just a, he's, he's a lunch pail kind of guy. And and I like that player. Um, so, moving forward, um, we were asked what makes Saquon Barkley so special, um, and I can speak to this some. Um, and if, if you watch his tape, he's a two hundred and thirty pound back who runs like a two hundred a two hundred pound back. Um, as far as speed is concerned, and and agility is concerned, he looks even lighter on his toes than that. Um, so that's pretty ridiculous, just a special athlete um, and, and did so in an offense that that really probably had no business being that good. Um, he was he was constantly dealing with dudes in the backfield, uh, making people miss. Um, he, he's just got – you know, when you're saying the one thing – he's got like one thing wrong with his game, and that's like he's not willing to take – I'm not saying that he's not willing to take it, um, but he he takes the he's looking for the 30 yard gain and not the three yard gain, um, which can be a problem, and that's the one knock on his game. Um, but I would say if if people realistically compared him to Zeke, I would say he's slightly better than that, uh, just slightly, not much. Um, but that's where I would slot him. So if you remember what people did with Zeke when he was coming out it's comparable to that. Um, same thing with Lenny. Like people did the same thing with Lenny. Um, you know, he's the, he's generational. Um, same thing with Gurley. He was generational. So we're getting a lot of really great running backs. And, and I think that, you know, Barkley fits that mold, but he's got way more agility than any of those guys does. So that's, I think why, and I don't know, sticky, do you agree, disagree
3: thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, you know, I have such limited time for prospect evaluations yet. So I, I've kind of been avoiding him because, you know, it's kind of been done for me. I mean, every single tape, piece of tape has been looked at, and measured, and, you know, and I see, I've seen the highlights, you know, in SportsCenter. Center with jumping over people and stuff like that. And then he does things that nobody else can do. And they're all super crazy athletic, going to be NFL stars. And he's jumping over people, you know, doing these crazy moves and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he had bad yards per carry at a certain point in his in a, in his college career. And I don't think that matters as much as people want to say. And so I, it doesn't really bother me. And, and uh, I'm sure when I watch the tape, I'll fall in love with him too. And, you know, he's the one one I mean, if you have one one and you're not taking him, um, just just based on market value, you're losing something. Um, so if you don't want him trade down, I'm sure someone will be very happy to make a nice deal with you. Right, you know, take People, people overthink it. Yeah.
2: You Don't work. overthink this one. Um, trade, move that 101 for whoever you like. Um, so much. Yeah, Because people,
3: just because they feel yeah. like they should. Super
2: overpay. Um, next question is sleeper picks at wide receiver. And I think Anthony Miller is a great, a great pick there. Um, some people are saying that um, Tristan Imhotep, J.S. Brown is not uh, a sleeper. But I think that he's in there um dj moore's another um i mean i watched there are two guys who i are three guys who i've watched some of um that's miller Cobb's, and lazard um uh, uh, lazard out of iowa state simi Cobb's out of indiana and then miller out of uh memphis um miller's the smallest but hands down was the most impressive at the catch point uh just insane um dude's like five foot ten but but at the catch point, he looks like he's he's like Brandon Marshall, um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, and his routes are solid. He's he's relatively fast. I don't know that he's like hyper athletic. Um, I think that people want to compare him to Antonio Brown. I feel like that's a huge mistake um, because don't comp people to the best wide receiver we've ever seen. Like our generation has never seen. We didn't really get to see Jerry Rice. Like we saw some of him, but like Antonio Brown's a goat. Like period. Don't compare him to to Antonio Brown. Don't just don't shut up. Um, but Anthony Miller's probably my choice here for a sleeper. But I really like Lazard too. I think he's really interesting. Um, I know Steve liked Gallup um, quite a bit. Um, Dog, who do you like for a sleeper-wide receiver? Ooh, um, Sleeper-wise? I mean, you pretty much named off all the guys I've watched,
0: so I'm kind of like (laughs) a bad reference on this one just because it's – they're not really sleepers anymore, I guess, when everybody starts calling them sleepers. (laughs) Um, I think it's going to come out more like once we actually get to the combine and we see some – some guy that didn't have crazy college stats put up some interesting numbers, um, and like the agility tests. That's tend to that tends to be where more where I look more when I look at the mid to late round wide receivers. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. The late guys are like kind of shots. You don't really know. You kind of just want to take the one that you think is going to be the best, um, regardless of kind of what, what their tape showed and why they haven't been found yet. Yet, I don't know, man. Snooper is kind of a weird term. I think people expect it to be, you know think about the old definition where it's like someone that no one else knows about, but I think now it just means deep shot guy. Um, because the guys you mentioned first, like DJ Moore is, I've seen him at number one on some people's wide receiver lists. Um, as Steve comes in, or, I don't know, I guess that Steve just dropped in with the the power bomb. But, uh, <laughs> uh, guys that I, um, the guys you mentioned are good. Yeah. Guys like DJ Moore are on top of people's list. So <laughs> St. Brown too, you know, they're just up there. Those aren't sleepers. Um, but I like Trey Smith, UCF, um, kind of a skinnier guy but uh he he had a crazy amount of production this year um kind of like in uh one of those spread type offenses so someone that's kind of climbing up boards take a look at as well Says, so as you mentioned. hopefully
2: he's actually here and, and we can welcome the esteemed sg i don't even remember i haven't seen him on reddit forever but steve are you actually here did you grace us with your presence don't do this to me give me time give me time Ooh! it's the first wow. time i've heard his voice in like a year is it is it he's lot is it 3751? 3751 there it is something um, like that well, know, awesome hasn't
0: he graduated to an actual like dfl name oh yeah steve? right i forgot that, that <laughs> you know
2: we have adam and and steve from dfl um i don't know if you've heard but we're kind of a big <laughs> deal uh <laughs> and maybe we're just not or, big deals or, or maybe not um but we'll wait on and Steve I know uh, just excited to have him on for for a second even um to talk about wide receivers cuz you know he's he's the wide receiver guy let's let's be let's be real here um and not to speak for Steve necessarily and not to put him in a in a tough spot but the guy who I've heard him talk about a little bit is is Gallup, um, and I haven't even gotten to watch him. I've seen Waldman mention him a couple of times as well.
1: Um, so I was curious as to as to what people had to say about him. All right, so Gallup is actually one of the few receivers I've watched thus far this year. I've uh, basically finished with running backs, but I have hardly started with receivers. What I can say with Gallup is he's probably, like, the most polished and refined guy that I've like watch this far um i haven't seen that many as i said but like his route running and his ball skills are as refined as i've seen from anyone um he's got like a nice like sturdy build um he's certainly hit the weight room um a lot of production to show for him i think he's a really like safe bet i think he's just generally a really good bet um I think he has minimal weaknesses. I don't think he has the highest ceiling, but I think generally, especially considering where he's going right now or where he's projected to go, at least in like um, Dino, I think he is a great value.
2: Yeah, see, there we go. Let's see, that's that's the hard-hitting analysis we're waiting for. Um, we've just been sitting here just, Sequan Saquon Barkley's good at football. Uh, now we got Steve to make us all sound even dumber. Um, I don't know if you want to hit on this question, Steve, or if there's any sleepers who you like at any position, because we just talked a little bit about running back. You weren't really here for the draft.
1: Um, so if there's anyone you want to mention, feel free to hop in. Um, if you guys give me a second, I'm, I'm pulling up all my relevant info. I just I just saw you guys were doing this in the chat, and so I thought I'd hop in, so I'm not ready. Um, I like to prepare because I say dumb stuff otherwise. But – um. <laughs> we all say dumb stuff. <laughs> hey
0: man, I literally everything I've ever said on this podcast. I like I pre- dumb that, stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> man, you're not supposed yeah. to agree with that shit.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, I'm looking through my receiver ranks and they look honestly pretty standard aside from Gallup. I have a wide receiver three um, basically for the reasons I said before. I also think it's just generally kind of a weak, receiver class at least on the top end they're more like good mid-roundish guys but yeah um and then as far as running backs go Damian Harris was gonna be my guy but then like he actually started getting like a lot of traction and he pulled out hate it when guys pull out um yeah I mean I my top five is love the two Georgia backs Guyson and Barkley not in that order um I guess maybe Akram I think I compared him early on in the season to um, Alvin Kamara before Alvin Kamara broke out Um, kind of just in the sense that like coming out of school, neither of them had done like a ton, but um, they both had like very good physical like quickness and agility. And if they put those tools together with other things, then they could become quite good. Um, now I guess comparing Wadley to Kamara is quite a um, high standard to set, but yeah, I think that's who. That's <clears throat> that's fair. Um, that's yeah, yeah. That's uh, I like Wadley a lot.
2: I think he's he's a pretty impressive talent. I know you were posting some gifts the other day, um, and man, when I was watching his tape, I was really impressed with what he was able to do. And he does not run like he is 170 pounds like. He just doesn't run like he's that small.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big thing I look for in those guys. Um, we've got a couple of them this year, but that was really important to me. He I feel like if he bulks up just a little bit, he'll do just fine. Kinda of similar to like McCaffrey or something like that. Like good enough to do like stuff in the middle that it warrants like the big plays that he's bound to break off every once in a while.
2: Right. Um so to hit another question, are asked like why this wide receiver class is being downplayed um, so, so much that they're inevitably going to outperform expectations um, because that's just how fantasy works. And I think this, this class is being downplayed because it's just the top end is so small. Um, if there really is any guy in the top end, I know Steve, you are a, um, you know, you've, you've got your guy at the top there. If, if, you know, it's, you're a Ridley fan. Um but again, like where where would Ridley comp in like last year's class? Like where would yes, you have right,
1: I this? Earlier. Um I think Ridley would be slightly above John Ross at wide receiver three. He'd definitely be below um Mike Williams and Corey Davis, who I had as like top ten players. And on my little ranking sheet I have like teens for Ridley. Um I mean he he doesn't um, Offer like quite as like complete of and everything, to uh, put it poetically, um, but like then other than that, everyone has weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk is my number two, and he's kind of just a big play guy that I see possibly fitting in as like a Brandon Cooks. Um, Portland Sutton's like a big body with straight line speed, but I don't really see a lot of other development. Michael Gallup isn't very athletically gifted. Um so I think it's just weaknesses across the board.
0: Yeah, no, I think Yeah, I think you're just looking at a bunch of wide receivers that none of them really have the tool set to be a wide receiver one outside of maybe Ridley. Um pretty much everyone else is just like they they have their tool set that they have and they're really good at that specific set. But outside of that they just they don't have the full the full package. They're missing out on things here and there that prevent them from being really seen as like, okay, this guy, here's the path from him coming into the NFL and becoming a wide receiver one on a team. Most of the guys are coming in and it's like, that guy's going to be a wide receiver two, that guy's going to be a wide receiver two, that guy's going to be a slot guy. And it's just, when you look at it like that, it really limits their production, but I think that's it's reasonable based off of what skills they have and what they showcased in college. I don't really think they're going to come in and blow the top out of the expectations we've got for them just because so few of them actually have the skill sets
2: to do that. And to be fair, we all know that Matt loves the full package. So,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, Matt. I don't know, man. I think some of these guys – have shown flashes of being really good. And I think what SAR is kind of getting at is that's going to be one of those classes like – it's kind of like a reverse 2013 where people thought that, you know, Tavon Austin was going to be amazing and he just wasn't. Um, and I think it's going to be similar to that sort of thing where it's like the opposite in that these guys all seem like they're not going to be that good, but one or two of them is just going to pop. And, like, it's really hard to nail which which that, which that one that's going to be. Um, so I think there are some guys, you know, like the Tates and the bigger guys and some of the guys that are a little more refined – that will, like, be useful. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what Sari's getting at, is that, like, what, how do we know which one it's going to be and, and what do we do about it? And it's just kind of sucks because we really don't know, and everyone's just throwing shots around, and it'll just be pretty much random because that's how fantasy Yeah, I agree with
1: that for sure. The draft's going to so, tell us a lot. I I think. I think um, I think there are some guys who, like, have, like, the capabilities to do stuff, but, like, they all have work to do, and like you said, we don't know who the hell is going to do it and who isn't. So there's going to be a lot of like I think probably steals in like the second and third round. In hindsight, mm-hmm. not necessarily like at the face of it.
3: Those are always fun when you like look back at a draft. And you're like, oh my
1: god, <laughs> dude! I don't want to like talk about
3: a, you know, this guy there. And it's like you can't you can't look. You, there's really no point looking back because like you just don't know. It's it's I mean it's not random, but like kind of is. You really need a lot of things to fall your way um, for it to work out. A lot of the times in uh, for wide receivers, I think.
2: Shout out to Hunt going like a Sometimes. in the second round of a debbie depleted draft. Yeah. Um, God damn it.
3: But it, but it's like people liked him, liked him, but then you know Spencer Ware gets hurt, right? Preseason exactly. or whatever, and you know, and Alex Smith like is becomes decent, like it's just kind of like a you really didn't no one expect he was like 108 in, like regular drafts maybe less, but like no one really expected that. No. That's just kind of how for it sure, was yeah, no,
2: it did. That's the beautiful thing about football. Um, is, is everything that's hard to guess um to answer quickly uh to go through i know a, a couple of the guys have another date so um i mean steve and i could just hang out and talk for a little bit too um so i don't know steve are you in the D deal or i
1: i can stay if that's what you just asked
3: okay uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i was asking um you guys know, should just like put out a side pod that's like you guys just talked about prospects that'd be uh, so awesome yeah, you guys need to hit that
0: uh, Debbie question from okay, Komaki. Okay, so you,
2: let's do Kill Tech together, and then we'll come back to Komaki after. Um, so Poor Brett. Kill, Kill Tech. Uh, he's not going to edit it like that severely. He's just going to be like, yeah, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> these guys can fucking deal with this. <laughs> shittily them produced animals. fucking Trump. Um, so Kill Tech asked us, you know, tell me why Lamar Jackson is the perfect fantasy quarterback, um, and will land in Arizona with David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and will absolutely dominate um, as DJ returns to the, as the running back one, and Larry as in top six receiver again. So, does anybody want to touch on that? Anybody want to? It feels like it feels hot. This this is where Steve and I start okay.
0: fighting. I think, because him and I, you and I, Steve, are both on the opposite end of this. Let
3: me me say what I think, and you guys go at it. All right, so Arizona's at 15, Okay, which is definitely a possible spot for Jackson. So that could happen, Um, and I think he's going to be a better quarterback than people think.
0: Real hot take right there. Um, No, I'm... Steve, do you want to go first? Do you want I me to mean, I, first so you can I guess me I'll
1: get my thing out of the way because I think, I don't know, maybe the conception of what I think is messed up. But um, uh, he's currently like QB three to me behind Rosen and Mayfield. Um, I'd say he's in the same tier as Mayfield for me. He is an incredible, like gifted runner and athlete, and he is also quite a good passer. And he has shown the ability to do NFL sort of things with his passing, which I think is at times looked over by some people for one reason or another. Um, whether it was his previous season where he was running more college stuff or maybe because he's black, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my point of view is um, QB3, very good. I would be fine if someone took him in the top 10. And I believe you disagree with that, Matt.
0: I, I definitely do, and that's where I thought you were at with it. Um, I am firmly in the camp where I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to succeed as an NFL quarterback. Um, I've watched a lot of his tape in response to people saying, like, oh, you just don't think he's going to succeed because he's a running quarterback and you like, you like traditional quarterbacks or whatever. And my thing with him is that <clears> – <throat> I just don't see the way he really excels when he's playing, like the style he excels in, translating well in the vast majority of NFL systems. If he comes into the NFL and he gets a head coach that can scheme around what he does best, I could see him being successful. But if he comes in and he gets a coach like that just wants him to play The coach's game plan, kind of like Mariota currently in Tennessee. Like if he comes in and the coach wants this specific style run and it's not what Jackson meshes with well, I could very well see him being like a better version of Kaiser this past season and a lot of questions, not necessarily like the play style, but just the quality of quarterbacking. Um, I could see a lot of questions coming up about his actual skill, which I don't really think he's a bad quarterback I just don't think the way he plays is necessarily going to translate well, like shotgun approach into the NFL, if you just like plugged him onto any team, I think he fails. I think he's going to need a very specific situation in which he needs to come into that the coach will run a system that he succeeds in. Otherwise, I could see him ending up not necessarily just like RG3, but out of the league like RG3 has been, despite RG3 being a successful quarterback at one time.
1: Okay. I mean, and that's that's fair. Um, for that I'd say like on the, the coaching standpoint, I think it's generally just my view that like any coach can ruin a quarterback. Um like or like any bad coach can ruin a quarterback. So I think like if he falls in a bad place, yeah he can fail. I think like Rosen could also fail in a bad spot. Um, I think I'm more, uh, optimistic about if he falls into like a mid-level place where he's just like fine because I think he can do the job and at times because he's like (laughs) part of his game is so special. I think he will at times supersede like the system and he will just occasionally make great plays that, um, do good things for like his team and for fantasy scoring and whatever. And then, I mean, um, like, yeah, schematically, probably what, like, brings out his best is, like, college-style stuff. But the thing is, like, he's, like, still so dominant and still, um, like, he's pretty versatile. There's a lot of, (laughs) fuck, there's, like, a lot of versatility to his talent, in my opinion, that, like, he can often supersede whatever he's doing. He can make, like, special sorts of plays, like, outside of what's happening, which I kind of think is, like, similar to... Someone like um, Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield who makes plays happen outside of what was just drawn up. So I think it's, I guess it's just more of like an optimistic view at um, how special in quotes he might be.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, I guess we're, you and I are kind of like two different sides of the same coin on this, I guess, because you just, from what I understand here, and correct me if I'm wrong, we both think he's a good quarterback. Um, you're just more on the optimistic side that he'll be able to fit into a situation that isn't necessarily good. Well, I'm in the position where I think if he's in a position where it's not necessarily good, he's going to fail. So we're like that gray area. We both agree if he ends up in a good su- situation, he'll succeed. Bad situation, he'll fail like most QBs would. You're optimistic about that gray area in between. I'm pessimistic about it. And I think... I, I think that's what we both got going on here. Cor- again, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, no,
2: I think that's, fair. I, think that's yeah. I think that's fair for sure. Um, uh, I wish I knew something about quarterbacks to, to chime in, but I'm more of a running back wide receiver guy. So I, it, it seems like other people are up on him. Like smart people are up on him. Um, like Waldman's a huge fan of his, uh, and believes he'll be something, especially if he lands in the right spot. Um, it seems like he's. <clears throat> I just don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm so ignorant on quarterbacks, and I, they're just so difficult to scout. Um, and people never seem to get them right, anyways. Otherwise, obviously, people would always have. Like, and, and let's take Jared Goff for an example. Like, you take a player like Jared Goff, who was picked, what, top three? Was he number. He wasn't number one, was he? Was he? He's number one, right? So. Um, you take a player like he Jared Goff, one, yeah. who literally every Dynasty player had written off after his first year, um, and he turns into, what, a top 10 quarterback? like um, Because he got a good coach, because he learned the offense, because they surrounded him with weapons. Um, so much of it's dependent on, on landing spot that if Lamar Jackson goes to a place like Arizona, would he excel? Like That's the real question. If he lands in a good spot, is he going to kick ass? And it seems like both of you agree, like, he's going to kick ass if he lands in the right spot,
1: right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Um, I think it, for us, it comes down to if you fall in a spot in the middle, um, maybe, oh, I forgot who the Gi- Giants are getting. Shit. I don't know. If we're if the previous regime of the Giants, like, I'd say that's like a mid-level spot that could go either way. Um, and my perspective would be that I think he'd be good to go. And I think Mass would be that he would struggle. I think that's like the main thing, and um, honestly, like I don't think we can get to know like all the variables around this to say with confidence either way.
2: Um, Yeah, I don't know. It it, it, um, obviously the giant spot. Like if Shermer goes there and. He ends up like dude has whispered his way to a lot of incredible quarterback play from people who we would consider mediocre, like Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. Like, so if he goes to the Giants and we see Jackson go to the Giants, like that would probably be a pretty great landing spot, right? Just from somebody who's ignorant.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the surface, I'd say so. Um,
2: not to mention. Ingram, I, yeah. um, if they invested in a running back in the second or third, um, there's got to be running backs going to be left in the third who are going to be totally capable, especially if they keep Shane Vereen. I mean, I'd be most worried about
1: offensive line. Oh, that's, that's a really good point. Um, their offensive line is so terrible. I feel like they could like make do at least with running back for a little bit. But, it, yeah, that offensive line is fucking terrible. Really bad. Really, really bad.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> like people talk about Barkley landing there and I'm just like, please God, no, like don't put, don't put Barkley back at Penn state. Like don't, don't make that happen. Um, So this is, this is great. We actually have Steve back on the podcast. He's been busy. He's been a busy dude. Um, Hasn't made it to a pod for a while because of finals and, and college life. So, so, Steve, is there anything you want to uh, discuss as far as, like, prospects are concerned?
1: Uh, I don't know. I can discuss anything. Okay. Um, it's just good to be Do back. I'm in the process of a, of a Todd Gurley article after slamming him last year. <laughs> it's tough, man. He's looked super good. No, he, he's... Uh, I will be writing, I guess, it's like a DLF exclusive article, but, I mean, he... He's, like, a whole different player statistically. I'm just, like, watching him, I was like, damn, that's different. Um, he's way more slippery. Um, he played more smart, I think, because he was able to. Last year, he kind of just had to put his head down and turn his legs out of necessity just to, like, get a bare minimum of yards. Um, like, for example, the uh, offensive line, I think – Got him over a half yard more just per carry, so like he was dealing with a lot more push this year, which let him settle in a lot more. Um, yeah, I mean he, he was he was totally new, and this is just purely in the run game. This is ignoring the crazy shit that happened in the passing game. Right, like, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty fully on board with him now. Um, I don't think I don't think he's like. The best, like most talented guy, but like given the system and given his talent, I'd put him in like the first round of startups for sure. I I imagine most people are drafting him there anyway.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's sort of been an interesting change for us as people who have been involved in um, Dynasty for a couple of years. Is there was such an emphasis on on running back on uh, on on wide receivers and take running backs late. Uh, and now it seems like the, the tides have turned uh, to a degree. And there's yeah, just so many talented running backs like uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, uh, Zeke, uh, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. Like you couldn't list. It's just one of those waves. Like then there's really not a ton of talented wide receivers coming out. I mean, Corey Davis finally showed out, which was nice to see in that playoff game. Um, played really well, actually. Um, and then getting rid of fucking malarkey is is fantastic, but by and large, like it's making way more sense to invest at the running back position right now than it is investing at wide receiver, um, because it seems like we just get burnt so often.
1: I mean, honestly, I think it's just like mostly the learning curve. I think it's so much um, higher for for receivers than running backs. Like if you if you do the looking back at like the classes the first or like the 2014 receiver class we all talk about and how quickly it broke out. And then just like, after that, I mean, the only guy that really comes to mind who really like broke out year one since then is Michael Thomas, his day. Um, but then like, otherwise it's, it's people are taking multiple years. Like Devontae Adams had his like true breakout in year three and we were still doubting him because he had a bad year too. Um, like guys like that, I think that's going to continue being the norm. So I think um, I I think I think the guys, the young receivers who have struggled are going to be good by lows just for someone who isn't competing and can take upside plays. Um, but I don't know really what I would say about receivers in drafts because, like, running backs are certainly better off to start in their careers since the learning curve just seems so much lower. But, like, I feel like at a certain point we're going to reach – Spot where there just aren't enough like spots right. on you, rosters, you only like have... leading roles. Right. You only have so
2: many flex spots. Like you have to start wide receivers eventually.
1: Or I, I'm I'm just saying like on teams, like I there just don't really seem to be that many spots where like there's room for a workhorse, even maybe like a a first and second down back or something. At this point, I mean, like you look at I don't know one of the places you'd say needs a running back more than I guess before Mixon came to town, I'd say Cincy would be one of the more like running back needy places, but like Gio Bernard's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone like puts uh like, or everyone wants to put, or some people want to put uh running backs in on the giants. And like, in my opinion, Wayne Gallman is pretty good, um, him and Orleans Darkwood did okay behind a fucking terrible offensive line last year. Um, and like, that is one of like the most, seen as RB needy places and they, I think they've got two just fine running. Right. Backs. And even like, I, I feel like we might be like coming up on some sort of right. bubble.
2: Right. Maybe You've got like a crypto bubble and, and DFS with running back. Um, well, I mean, think about it. like even Kenyon Drake, like was supposed to be bad, but when you actually watch him play, like Kenyon Drake looked good in the Miami offense. Like he looked competent, entirely competent.
1: Um, yeah. There's, there's so many possible dudes. Like the Patriots have like right. four James White, Dion Lewis, Gilliesley, Burkhead. They've all looked
2: good. Um, and that like, that's where I'm having so much trouble with this year's, uh, free agency class too, right? Like Dion Lewis, free agent. Um, Max Burkhead's a free agent. Yeah. Obviously. Um, there's just a ton of dudes who are up like, um, CJ Anderson is technically could be a free agent if he opts out of his contract with, uh, Denver um there's just like a ton of dudes who are up who are who are good Jeremy Hill um Doug Martin like a ton of these names who are up but we don't know like with this influx of talent and I'm curious like are these guys who were household names you know a year or two ago who were going you know in the first round of rookie drafts who were even had significant trade value um You know, are they going to be, they're just going to be backup running backs, right? Like,
1: I mean, honestly, I, this is just shooting from the hip. I hadn't really thought of this before, but maybe the way you want to go is just kind of studs and duds at running back. Like the guys, you know, for sure are going to hold spots. Like if, if you go for guys like Jerry Bernard, you have no fucking clue what's going to happen with him, even though he's like pretty good. Um, And I think that applies to a ton of guys. And as you said, with the free agents, There's going to be free agents chasing places. There's going to be, like, day two, day three, early day three running back to go into, like, murky backfields. Like, I could see, like, I don't know, someone like Mark Walton, the Redskins. You're like, what the fuck do I make of that? Right, right. Because, I mean, mean, you were –
2: and that's – you were a fan of Perrine, but, like, is he – did he play well this year? Like, like, what do we do with him? And then Chris Thompson, like does William mean, offer that much that's different than Chris Thompson? You know,
1: it's, that's
2: a really difficult situation. You can,
1: you can, yeah. You can plug in like any of those guys right. in that and, range. And, right. It's exactly.
2: Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, I've been watching, I've been debating cause it's like everybody scouted, Guys, everybody scouted Chubb. Everybody scouted, like, so I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what could I do for my first real article this year? You know, just posting it on the sub, and I was like, oh, like, I'm a big fan of Justin Jackson's game. I like the way he plays. Um, you know, he's not he's not stellar, but the dude knows how to play the position of running back. In <laughs> like, then I begin to think, if Justin Jackson gets taken in the fourth round. In the NFL draft, which sure, that seems like a possibility, um, probably even later. It's easy. He seems like a fourth or fifth round pick outside of the top 100. Um, you know, like at that period in time, what's he actually worth? Like, what's my scouting report <laughs> going to be on? Is it going to be on a guy who, you know, is is on the path of Peyton Barber, uh, you know, and, and ends up getting lucky in three years down the road? Or, you know, because of this influx in talent, is he going to be out of the NFL and – like, you know, it's the, – the running back position is just so interesting right now. Um, I don't know if we've slipped down too far of a, of a rabbit hole here, but
1: – No, I, th- I think this is a good discussion. I haven't really heard this before, a lot at least. Um, it, it's got me kind of feeling like nihilistic yeah. and stuff. Like, so much of this won't matter because we don't know what the fuck's going to happen because – these coaches are going to make these decisions behind closed doors for maybe reasonable and maybe right. not. Reasons. Exactly. Um, you know, the chargers look to add somebody or do they keep,
2: do they keep giving the ball to Eckler? Like it's not like Melvin Gordon has been a world beater. And where has Melvin Gordon exceeded? Strangely, it's as a pass catcher, like it hasn't been between the tackles. Like, we're...
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good too. And there, there are dudes like, I just think of him and like Alvin Kamara and talk Gurley, like, Dudes were showing entirely new dimensions to their game that we had no reason right. to think of. Like, nobody thought Alvin Kamara would be making like a one eighty catch in the end zone, like on oh, a wheel what? route.
2: That's who are you crazy. gonna throw a jump ball to? <laughs> like, oh, obviously it's Alvin Kamara on on the Saints. If I'm throwing a jump ball there, um, uh, <laughs> who are you gonna yeah. throw the fade route to? Uh, probably Kamara. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> like the right decision. Like, wait, what? Um, or even like when we think people had basically written off Delvin cook, uh, after the combine, like in, and now he's a top, what? 24 top 30, at least top 30 pick like in, in startups, like he's played like six games. Running back is and yeah. I don't know, I guess let me pose this question to you. Do you think, you know is this is this a obviously we're not really redraft guys we've been dynasty guys for the last two or three years uh, but but my question is do you think that the influx of people from standard leagues is affecting our valuation of running back i mean or is the nfl changing like what's what's happening to to throw this wrench in the gears like
1: um uh i think I feel like I I've seen some people like post some like numbers and stuff just like about how receiving numbers have generally been down like the right. last two years. So I think that's playing into it. Um, I think from like my very own perspective, part of it is because we play in PPC leagues. Right. It's like our little crew. So that like distorts how I feel. Um, and as for other guys, I mean I think it's maybe it's just because you see there are just more Young running backs who are putting up numbers because of the learning curve thing right. they got and, to earlier. Um,
2: but have maybe have the wide receiver classes been worse? Like, I think that we obviously got super spoiled um, with the OBJ class. Like,
1: but have they been not as good? I, I mean, I think it's too early to judge, but I can't really see them being like worse in the sense that like like you would like the expected value to use like a stats term of like one class, I don't think is lowered for like five years from then. Um, I feel like maybe like the, it's, I want to talk about the 2014 class so much. I think it's, it's raised expectations um, and it's kind of fucked itself over. Cause now like you have guys coming back to earth for whatever reasons. Um, like, like Mike Evans has fallen a little bit because Jameis Winston kind of started sucking. Um, I, yeah, I I feel like maybe it's, it's the standards that have been set and maybe less so the performance, but like also just generally the kind of the statistical drop-offs that I feel like I noticed. And
2: and people forget like Deandre Hopkins didn't really hit a stride until his third year. Like he had a decent, he had a, a good second year. Um, But if receiving is up, like his second year wasn't great. And then it took his third year to really become what he was. Um, And then you had like Dez and it took Dez kind of three years to figure out the wide receiver position. And it took Demarius Thomas three years to figure out the wide receiver position. And like there was a reason why the trope of three years was a thing. Like those things don't just become things because people like make shit up. Like they're a thing because people made that observation that like it had taken
1: 3 years for people to sort of break out. <laughs> yeah. And I mean if you look at like Michael Thomas, he went into the Saints offense where he had Brandon Cooks who's like the perfect complement to him in a very high powered offense in which Michael Thomas was maybe or he was one of the most already polished receivers in his class. Um, so it was like kind of a perfect instance for him to right. break out before then, and I guess I feel like we can't just say that much generally right now because we haven't seen many other guys between 2014 and now break out. Like I think, Devontae Adams feels like one of the most important right. people right. To look He's out for that. Example. And you lose a data point, Kevin White, well, because, of because of his
2: injuries, and, and Mike Thomas or uh, not Mike Thomas, excuse me, Mike Williams because right. of his injuries, and John Ross because of his
1: injuries. Like, yeah, and Amari Cooper is weird. Because he started really well, and I I, 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 wouldn't feel comfortable saying why he wasn't good this year without like watching him play. So I'm not going to say. But his production dropped this year. All of a sudden, really a lot of people are saying that Derek Carr just played like shit. Um,
2: it seems like that it seems to be the consensus. Is that between Derek Carr and their I offensive so. coordinator, like this, the Raiders just didn't look the same on offense this year at
1: all, at all. Period. Like they just didn't. Um, okay, so here. I found, I found something I, I, I thought of from a while ago. Jacob Rick uh, Jacob Rickred tweet. So um, he posted the number of pass catchers with mm-hmm. 10 or more touchdowns by year. Um, so I'm going to read from 2014 to 2017 the number of guys. 15, 13, 5, 3. So it has reduced by a factor of 5 the number of pass catchers with 10 or more touchdowns, which is like – I don't even know about yards, but like, if it's just y- or if it's just touchdowns that have dropped, then maybe it's like a a market inefficiency. Maybe we're overreacting to just sheer fantasy point output. If it's just like a weird, it's been a weird run of people not right. scoring touchdowns, which should just like naturally regress to the mean. Um, but like, I think either way, at least that affects the perception, if not like the rightful value. Right. No, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Of these receivers. Oh no, that's interesting. I hadn't thought <laughs> of this before.
2: This is getting a little deep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's and I think you're right. I think I mean, are we looking just I guess that leads us to the question of of like why are passing offenses down and and I don't know. Do you remember 3 or 4 years ago the is talk it? of the shutdown cornerback? Like it was just Josh Norman, like there my uh, Dar- Revis, like there wasn't. There wasn't a bunch of guys. It feels like there's a bunch of shutdown corners now.
1: Like there definitely seemed like there are more feared dudes. Like I didn't know. Really, I wasn't really following the NFL closely this year, so I didn't know about Xavier Rhodes. And then there's Lattimore. like, um, dude on Chargers. Like- there's Marcus Peters. Who I guess had a down year. There's Marshawn Lattimore. Like maybe maybe it's like maybe there've been like defensive coaching scheme changes that make it so that like shutdown corners can have more of an impact on right. passing defenses.
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting thing to start thinking about because, you know, I mean, obviously we wound up here because we're talking about whether or not the this class is overrated and and, and if, you know, if we need to start looking at wide receivers differently and running backs differently and and the whole philosophical idea of, of actually how you evaluate players and, and make these valuations actually how you actually Put a value, or you know, trade for certain. In you know, it's this is this is why I think a lot of us like Dynasty is because it adds a whole another layer of complexity
1: um, to this conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's very uncertain, but like, there's certainly like theory to it, and like right and wrong ways to go about it. So yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's got it's got me like. At the edge of my seat thinking about it. So I think you're right for sure about yeah, that. I don't, I, don't. I kind of want to know why, but, or like this whole like answer about I know I want, right. which right. kind of pisses me um, off. So before we, uh, I mean,
2: I've got to be up super early. So before we take off here, uh, Kamaki, this dude on on the subreddit, asked us about um, Devi and future rookie picks. I don't know, have you watched any Wisconsin tape this year? He's asking about Jonathan Taylor.
1: uh i don't i haven't watched enough to say anything okay. super educated about him i think i'm he he seems like a like a day two kind of guy to me just like when he comes out at least as he is right now um i'm generally not very good with um like adjusting for age and how guys perform but that that's like the little sense i got when i watched him a couple of times but i i plenty of people can speak more confidently. Um, And I think
2: Wisconsin's always really difficult to tell because they're one of those perennial, we have a great offensive line teams, um, which makes it really hard for us to sort of say, okay, is it Jonathan Taylor who's really good or is it the offensive line who's doing the work again, Um, which you can kind of separate. I haven't watched enough of him. Um, Super productive for a freshman though, but, like Melvin Gordon, people really liked Melvin Gordon coming out of Wisconsin. He was a first round pick. And then you have a guy like um Corey Clement, who people don't really like. Wisconsin, relatively productive. Um, you know, and ends up on a UDFA, like but has played well this year, has been has been solid. Um
1: Yeah, I mean I think he's more of like a Right. A system guy right now. I think he's just a plug and play, but like, right. yeah, I mean, your um, point. No, I, think, I feel like you just have to pay a huge, like, really close right. eye to um, be able to defend. He doesn't strike people.
2: me. I mean, let's be honest here. You can tell what guys are sort of gonna, and, and not tell, like, but people knew Geis was gonna be a high round draft pick, is freshman and sophomore year. People knew that um, Henry was gonna be a high draft pick. Um, people knew that guys like um, Fournette. Right, Saquon. All these guys were going to be high draft picks, and I just don't think that that this dude is there yet. Um, as far as Taylor's concerned, I don't think he was that productive. Uh, Wisconsin's not it's, – it's a big market, but it's not a huge market. Um, so he's not going to get the exposure of an Alabama player. But, I mean, I would think if if you want to – and he's asking, should I buy picks for 2020? I mean, if, if people are willing – to Go so ahead, bud.
1: The, Like tying up value and something that's right. going to return that. Value. Yeah. That's,
2: that's the real issue is, is for, for us, I think it comes down to what your attack is. Like, what's your plan? Cause a lot of us do look at our teams as like a plan. Like what's our, what's our goal here? Like my first Debbie team, I drafted primarily Debbie players and then started to the build and said, okay, when, you know, a guy like Saquon hits, hits my actual team, that's when I'm going to start trying to compete. Um, so it took two years to get my team to where it is. And now I feel comfortable to compete. So for you, Kamaki, it's going to be more or less, um, you know, do you want to compete now? Like, is your team good enough to compete now? And, and when you make a trade, um, I mean, if you can get 2020s thrown in or it's, it's just people see the first round pick. And even though it's 2020, there's a certain amount of value added to that, but because it's so far off. Um, people might treat it more like a second than a first. So, if you're making deals and you want to include a 2020, um, you could give that a shot. But um, I don't think that you need to sell the farm to get Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and always watch out for homerism because that'll kill you.
1: Yeah, it's fun to do. This. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a tough thing. Like, I before like I make like a long term move like that, I just like think in my head like. To have this pay off, like I'd have to wait at least right. until the year twenty twenty, like to get this player, and then like, what if, what if they take some time to settle in, and it's like twenty one, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two? It's like you gave up whatever you did for something that'll pay off in right, like literally four years from now.
2: Which it's a really long time. It's a long time, even in
1: football, like
2: even in dynasty, where you should be looking long term. Um. You know, but that's that's just too long term, man. I'd, I'd wait another year. I don't. He doesn't have the skills that Parkway has. He doesn't have the skills that Geis has. Like, he looks okay. He looks like he's going to be considered a top ten running back in the NFL in his draft class for sure. Um, so I think you could probably get 20-20 seconds thrown in for nothing if you're making deals. And this is if you're a deal maker. If you're making a lot of deals, I mean, you can try to get some 20-20 seconds thrown into stuff. But again, I think I think Steve's right here, and and when's that actually gonna pay off? Like that's a deep thought. Um you're talking two years, two strong years before this dude's getting in the league. Oof. You know, if if it helps you any in a startup, I took I took Saquon Barkley in like the eighth round, um, his freshman year, the end of his freshman year. Yeah. Um now Ooh. that's paid off pretty
1: substantially, but I mean, I think it was a pretty brave pick. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you also had to, like you kind of lost value in that you had to wait three years for <laughs> right. him to start. To hang on. Like, Oh, I've value, lost
2: a hundred dollars on that league. Cause there's no way I'm winning. Like I invested so heavily in my devies um, that, you know, and then it wasn't just, you know, so he's one of the ones that I hit on in Washington and Sutton, we'll see what happens. Um, but but Barkley I hit on and, and, you know, but that doesn't talk about Isaiah Ford and Malachi Dupree, who I missed on. Right. Like, and that's, that's the trick here is is you can invest all you want and, and fall in love with these players. But NFL scouts say a different thing. And, you know, a guy like Isaiah Ford falls to the sixth or seventh round and Malachi Dupree gets cut by the green Bay Packers. Like, God, seriously P. Isaiah Ford. <laughs> it's, oh man and it's it's sad because like i watched james washington i'm like i see shades of isaiah ford and james washington's game um and maybe that should be more concerning to me than it actually is but uh i think washington is faster but um uh, but I think that's gonna be it for us tonight. Um, it was awesome to get Steve on. And obviously, underachieving Dog and Adam Sticky Z have have, have left us. Um, but hey, you know what, Steve? It was great having you on, man. I'm happy to have you back. Yeah, man. It
1: was nice yeah, to yeah, it's, be back. It's just like this. hanging
2: out with friends. That's the best part about it. Um, yeah, if you are interested in Dynasty and, and don't, you know, I mean, who cares if anybody listens? You don't really need listens it uh, just gives you a couple hours to talk with your buddies about shit you like like that's that's a pretty sweet thing to be able to do you know like i yeah. think people underrate that so folks take it easy dream on I don't know if anybody's watched him other than Steve or
1: Steve's ready. Um, I'm not, but is, is my, is my mic too assy right now? you man, you're good.
0: You sound super it's Canadian.
2: It's perfect.